Hey, Steve Rode, your Get Out of Debt guy from getoutofdebt.org. Today we're doing a debt-free dudes podcast because with me is Damon Day from DamonDay.com. We're going to be talking about bait and switch bastards. We see lots of examples of people that receive loan offers in the mail. They look magical, don't they, Damon? They always look magical. This podcast is an outgrowth of somebody that you talked to recently. Can you give us like a summary of that situation? Uh, yeah. Re and recently, you mean yesterday, I, I spoke well, to I someone. Was <laughs> I was trying to be, you know, obtuse, but yeah, it was yesterday. Well, he, I'm sure he wouldn't mind us sharing the story. We won't give any personal information and he would be the only one that would know it was him I'm talking about. But it really doesn't matter who it was because we've been bitching about this for 20 years, maybe at least 10. Oh my God. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the same shit, different day. You know, it's the same thing. He saw a, I don't know if it was, I think it was a mailer, you know, an actual flyer in the mail yeah. or postcard or something offering an incredibly low interest rate on a personal loan. It was like three and a half percent, you know, debt consolidation loan. He called and like, you know, so many people have experienced when you call, you don't get offered the loan, you get offered a debt settlement program or a debt validation program or some kind of a debt relief program, which was not what you thought you were calling in for. But the way it's sold to people is very misleading. And that's where the real problem is, is they get them on the phone under false pretenses and then kind of obfuscate what they're actually selling. And before somebody knows it, they think they've got some kind of great program and they don't really even understand what they just signed up for. I like how you said misleading because from many of many companies' point of view, it is not misleading. It's intentional. Last year, I got an insider who sent me a long document about exactly what it was like to work at one of these bait and switch debt relief outfits. He said the process worked by the company purchasing leads, uh, names of people that were more likely to be attracted by this loan offer. And then the marketing partners would send out these flyers and make phone calls and send emails and promise people debt consolidation loans. And then they would call in and they'd get an entirely different. Well, first, I mean, first off, not an entirely different sales pitch to begin with, because they would be promised. Thank you for calling. We're going to review your loan application and we're going to give you the best level of service that we can. Basically, what they say is. You know, they put the person on hold or they call them back. They're all rejected and then given the sales pitch for the real thing they're selling, which is what, Damon? Uh, some kind of debt relief program, either debt settlement or debt validation or some BS. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I guess I misspoke when I said misleading. Uh, you're right. I should have said intentionally misleading. That's, that's better. That is better. Because these loan offers, I've written about a lot of them. And thank goodness I have this uh, I Buy Junk Mail program because people have sent me in their offers. And at first glance, they look like a pre-approved loan offer. But it's not until you read the fine print or you go to research the company that you'll find that they're just totally bullshit bait and switch offers. Now, the reason that they do this is because they work, right? Oh, yeah. You send somebody an offer like, 
uh, that guy yesterday, three and a half percent. He's thinking, woohoo. The funny thing about it was he's not even behind on his loans. No. So he was just looking at, well, he actually was on 0% interest still at the time. He was in the introductory period on a lot of those cards. But what he was looking, he was thinking ahead when that introductory period runs out, it'd be nice if I could ship this 50 grand to a consolidation loan at three and a half percent. That's cheap money. And, you know, he was using the money to invest in this business that he was doing. And he made a calculated decision that, hey, at three and a half percent, that's you know, I could just leave that debt on there and keep the cash and reinvest that back into the business. So it's actually a very prudent move if you could get money at three and a half percent and use it to grow the money at a higher rate. But here's what happened when he called in specifically in response to that three and a half percent loan offer. They did the typical thing, you know, got his information. Oh, let me check. We'll run it. And then did the, oh, I'm sorry, you don't qualify for that loan for whatever reason. But then they said, we have an even better program, though, that you do qualify for. They were essentially saying, we have another consolidation option, like 800 a month over, he said, either 54 months or 60 months. And he said his response was, well, which is it? Is it 54 or is it 60? Yeah. And so when he ran the numbers... Here's why he was confused. Because again, I know what they're doing, but most consumers don't know what they're being presented. But he ran the numbers and what left him scratching his head was when you add up all the payments, the actual repayment was less than the debt that he owed. He owed about- How's that alone? Yeah, he owed about 50. And this guy said he doesn't qualify for the regular consolidation loan, but he qualifies for the better program that is actually only going to be about 42,000 when it's all said and done. So they were pitching it somehow as a no interest loan that also is not even a full repayment of the principal. But they never once came out and said, okay, look, bro, this is debt settlement. This is what we're going to do. You're going to stop paying all your creditors. They're not going to get any of this money. We're going to hold the money and then we're going to negotiate it down the road and try to save you some money. You said something that you've elaborated on in the past, and I think it is incredibly astute. The salesperson said, well, you didn't qualify for this, but we have a better program. What sense does that freaking make? It's like, if you have a better program behind the curtain, why were you leading with this other program that is not as good, but I don't qualify for that? So because I don't qualify for this, you somehow have a better program I can qualify for? (laughs) It doesn't make sense, right? It only makes sense, you know, if you don't think about it. Yeah. You know, it's because that's what the training and the script says, like this insider who sent this description of what it was actually like to work there. You know, the training, he says the first two weeks were dedicated to training, which was just kind of glossing over stuff. Then he had a script that he had to read. And he says in here, we talked about tone, hand-holding, temperature checks, and maintaining a steady series of impressions with a potential client as we led them through our sales pipeline. One of our trainers a graying version of a doe-eyed football player archetype from any high school movie made in the 70s, imparted on us his favorite sales phrase. How does this sound? <laughs> you, you must be looking at a different inside sales guy because the article I'm looking at that you wrote about in December, here's how she describes, I think it's a she, it's anonymous, so I don't know. Uh, here's yeah. how they describe the training. Because um, you, what, what, what was your description? The football guy? Read that again. Yeah, that's in the script section. Oh, it's the same one? It's the same one. Oh, it's in, okay. Well, here's how she re- describes her other trainer. I remember our trainer, 
a pale, bearded, plaid-wearing, affecting a couldn't-hurt-a-fly-nice-guy routine, circled that last mind-boggling figure with his dry erase marker and wrote one word next to it, opportunity. And the the mind-boggling figure he circled was the amount of consumer debt Americans owed numbered in the hundreds of billions. But I just love how they're so descriptive of their trainers. Well, they also go on to say, during the sales training, one thing I immediately found odd was that we were to refer to ourselves as financial consultants when introducing ourselves to clients and never salesmen. Yeah. And you know what? Let me let me give our audience the new definition of financial consultant. So if you want to be a financial consultant in this business, I'm going to read from you verbatim what the the, the requirements are for this person. Uh, working at this company to now be able to refer to themselves as a financial consultant. You ready, Steve? Go ahead. And this is verbatim. So if you can do this, you can be a financial consultant. It says, I and several other prospective salespeople were given a crash course in some basic finance. What a FICO score was and how to pull it. Chapter 7 and Chapter 13 bankruptcy, three major credit bureaus, different forms of debt consolidation, and then that one particularly relevant factoid, which was Americans owed hundreds of billions. Once you've gone through that, you are now a financial consultant. Well, that's just it. You know, bless consumers. I I try I try to make everybody that comes to the website, listens to podcasts, reaches out for information. I really want them to be savvy consumers because until they are, and until that they've got their ears perked up and they're a little bit careful. People fall for this damn sales pitch all the time. And what blows my mind is it is a commissioned salesperson making decisions for you that you believe is a financial consultant who has your best interest at heart. That's just not true. You know, we've been saying this for so many freaking decades now, it seems like. But here's a just a simple rule of thumb. And I know it won't apply in every single case, but damn it, you'll be right 99% of the time. If you receive some kind of solicitation for help with debt, mm-hmm. assume it's bullshit. It's simple. Just assume <laughs> it's bullshit. Now, you can verify, you know, you can check it out, but yeah. uh, check it out under the filter of this is probably bullshit. It's not going to be a good deal most of the time. Most of these outfits are like phone rooms. You get the flyer, you call in, and neither you nor the person talking to you has any idea what the hell they're selling. No, absolutely. They're just there to close. Always be closing, ABC, and that's what they're doing. They're trying to get their name on the board, be the top producer, make the most commissions. They're not providing fine. I mean, just for an example, just this morning, Damon, I answered a reader question on the site. A woman who was sold a debt settlement solution who is living on $900 a month in Social Security. I saw that. I'm sure that salesperson sleeps perfectly fine at night. How much you want to bet they pitched her like $350 a month or whatever the hell. I don't even know how much debt she had or anything like that. I've built a career on helping consumers that have gotten screwed over by these bait-and-switch companies and then found me after the fact, and then I have to try to unring the bells that they rung and fix their situation. It's so much easier if they find me first. (laughs) Well, yeah, because they think they have a magical solution. And then it's either, you know, myself or you that tells them what the truth in reality is. They think we don't know what we're talking about. This bait and switch salesperson got the person all the way through the pitch. And then the next step is they send someone out to your house to have a face to face meeting. And generally, 
like this person says, it's a mobile notary service and they just send somebody out to tick a box that they met with you face to face. The notary has little to no knowledge of what we're actually selling. They just run through the boilerplate presentation and get the client to sign. That's it. Yeah. And just to, to let the audience know, Steve and I are looking at an article that uh, he wrote back in December um, that came from a, a tip that, you know, somebody used to work at one of these companies wrote in and sent all this information. And so if you want to actually get all the details, it's a great little article and it really opens your eyes to what's happening. Just go to the getoutofdebt.org site and you can literally just hit the search button, the search bar at the top and type bait and switch. And that article and several others will, will show up. And then people can read all the juicy details. Like, like this one is, is one of my favorites too, where she talks about starting to have some doubts. Because remember, most of these people don't really have a background in any of this stuff. So they're just, yeah. you know, coming in, uh, answer to, you know, they're trying to get a job basically. And right. so under doubts, he or she writes, at this point, some of the more experienced members of my sales cohort started having doubts. Why did the intake process involve a debt consolidation loan when we were there to sell this credit card modification program instead? Like they were even confused why they were offering a loan because nobody ever got the loan. And then she says, or he, the words bait and switch started getting tossed around at after work drink outings. But most of us were just excited to have found employment the, right. That excitement overwhelmed whatever small misgivings we thought we had, and we started work determined to prove ourselves. Yeah, I get it. It's a message that I've heard, you and I have heard now for decades. It's the same thing over and over. There are lots of good people that finally wake up and realize that what they're selling, and they just can't take it anymore, and they leave. As this person says, it was bait and switch, cut and dried. I sat there hundreds of times saying... I am the financial consultant assigned to your file, thinking I had absolutely no education, no formal qualification to advise anyone about their personal finances. And here I would go digging around about their grocery budget before pulling their credit card and selling them a credit card modification. If I, a college educated with a master's degree, felt like I wasn't qualified, I knew some of the other sales guys around me had <laughs> barely gotten through high school. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's it would be hilarious if it wasn't so horrible because there's real people getting caught up in this crap. And it it just it just comes down to, you know, I don't care about the bait and switch part, whatever, you know, they're offering this at the end of the day. It's, you know, what's happening to that consumer if they end up enrolled in a program, mainly a program that they they don't even fully understand. It's obtuse on purpose. You know, the the, the scripts that they have, most people come away from that call, knowing it's not alone, thinking it might not be alone, but kind of still thinking it is alone and they mm -hmm. don't understand it, but it sounds good. And it sounds like the monthly payments are going to be cheaper and maybe they haven't seen any other options and they're, you know, too afraid to look at bankruptcy or something like that. And, and they just feel like they're trapped and they don't really have any other way out. And maybe they call a couple of these outfits, you know, trying to do their due diligence. And then everybody's got kind of the, the same weird sales pitch doesn't quite add up, but they can't all be ripping you off, right? So, I mean, it's got to be legitimate if you've called four different companies and they're all essentially pitching the same thing. No, well, they, know, all the they all suck. They all suck. Even what they wound up selling, this 
credit card modification, debt settlement program, whatever it was, that is often called debt consolidation. You're sending one payment to the, the company and who knows, you know, what happens to it. And because it's one payment, when people say to me, what do you think about debt consolidation loans? I always get this like deer in the headlights look because what does that word mean to you? <laughs> yeah, because there's so much bad marketing out there. Everybody calls any modification debt consolidation, right? It's yeah, like they, yeah. they've hijacked the word and debt settlement companies are selling their program as debt consolidation. And it's like, well, how exactly is that consolidating the debt? You're just not paying creditors and sending the money to, according to this person, some fake company it's a shell company as a subsidiary of the main company because the main company has too many bad reviews. So they yeah. can't use the name of that company in the sales pitch anymore. They have to use a shell company that is not old enough to have bad reviews. I don't think it was this one, but I had somebody else tell me that they worked for a company where when you reached a certain level and had reached so many sales, you would get promoted. And the promotion was they would create a new company with you as the person in charge and a new name, and it was just like, you know, a splinter of the other one. So your promotion was you got pushed to the head of the scam. This person goes on to say that the actual results of that program that they eventually sold were very disappointing. He says, or she says, our company's CEO gleefully presented a PowerPoint where he claimed a whopping 4% of enrollees graduated from the program. So 96% of, of the people that got sold this thing were making payments and never having their debt eliminated. Yeah, that's a, it's kind of like I alluded to earlier, where it's like neither person on the phone understands what's being sold. The, the salesperson or the consumer. <laughs> neither one of them know what's going on. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm not trying to go bad on like the concept of, of, of debt settlement and negotiation, because it is no, a legitimate it, concept. I mean, you yeah. under the right circumstances, somebody can actually get a lot of help if, you know, if bankruptcy is not something that would make sense for their situation or they have some dischargeable assets or they make too much money or, or you know, there's all kinds of different you know scenarios. People can get relief negotiating their debts. But the problem I have is the way these companies operate the way they, they, they kind of trick people into do rather than just telling somebody the truth and being okay with that person saying, yeah, you know, ruining my credit for a, a couple of years, that, that just doesn't sound like something that I want to do right now. You know, rather than, than helping them find the right solution that they're comfortable with, they try to just sell this process to everybody that calls in. Like you mentioned the poor person that's on $900 a month, social security mm -hmm. probably doesn't need a damn debt settlement company. No, you know, no, they could no. give the creditors the middle finger at that point, probably, and nothing <laughs> would happen to them. They're on Social Security. I mean, it might be judgment proof. So that's that's the big problem is consumers are being led down a path and they're being purposely misled in order to mm -hmm. make the sale, not because that is necessarily a good option for the consumer and neither the salesperson nor the consumer in that moment. know whether that's a good option. The consumer doesn't know because they don't really know what's actually going to happen. And the salesperson doesn't know because they've had two damn weeks of training, watching <laughs> videos about how to pull, you know, your credit report. That's it. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. Right. And if you ask for answers, they'll talk you in circles. Now I understand from a consumer point of view, 
you don't want to ask questions because you don't want to feel stupid or you don't know what you're talking about. But here are a couple of basic things that you can do. If you get one of these mailers and you end up calling one of these companies, the minute that somebody says to you, I know you called about that program, but we have a better one. You yeah. know, after you get rejected, yeah. hang up the phone right then. Yeah. But if they continue in their sales pitch and they're relentless, ask them for a copy of the client agreement that they're going to ask you to sign. Ask them for it in advance. Tell them that you want to review it, you want to read it, and you want to ask questions. A scam company will do everything they can, make up every excuse they can. They don't want you to see that. They want you to go, yeah, it sounds good. And then they want to rush you through that agreement and get you to sign it. They don't want you to know what you're doing. And and sometimes they'll do the, oh, we're going to send somebody to your house. You mentioned that earlier. Mm -hmm. Steve, why do they send somebody to your house? Because they're trying to get around the telemarketing sales rules so they can charge you advanced fees. But they never tell you that, do they? Yeah. And I would say, why does somebody need to come to my house? I don't even carry cash anymore. I mean, haven't we advanced <laughs> to the point in society that you can do a, a contract online? They have something called DocuSign. Like, right. Why do they need to physically send somebody to my house? I don't know about you, but I don't open the door anymore unless I'm expecting somebody. Oh, I certainly don't. But the person that they send to the house is just there to read some stuff to you. They don't you know, work for the company. They're not financial consultants. They can't answer anything about the client agreement. That's just a warm body that was nearby that could meet this loophole in order for them to charge you all these advance fees. Debt settlement DoorDash, baby. <laughs> I just made that up right there. That's pretty good. Well, I thought it was more like Greed Hub. Treat up. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I do for consumers, if they happen to, you know, come across me or find my website, I'm more than happy to interpret these contracts for people. I've been looking at them. Oh, for yeah. Most of my potential clients end up reaching out to me because they've called a couple of these companies. They're a little confused. They're not sure what to do. And it's real simple. We have a straightforward conversation. I can talk to you like a real person. I could answer your questions. And after you get off the phone with me, the most common thing I always get is you're the first person I talked to that made any damn sense. And the reason yeah. I'm making sense is because I'm telling you what's actually going on. So it makes sense when you know what's going on. When you don't quite understand it, it doesn't make sense. Well, the salesperson goes on to talk about the upfront fees that people were being charged. And they go on to say, the upfront fees, a hollow legal and negotiations team, face-to-face -face signings, salespeople posing as financial consultants who enrolled these people over the phone, advised them against bankruptcy, and then vanished from the entire process. I'd get calls from disgruntled clients about their credit scores tanking, and I would promptly refer them to our litigation department. I interfaced with them as little as possible once sales closed. Then they go on to talk about Salespeople knew what was going on. It's been many years, Damon. Remember the days that all the salespeople would come into the site and like try to beat us up and tell us we didn't know what the hell we were talking about in the comments? Yeah. No, it yeah, happened all the we time. Were, we were ruining their, ruining their sales is what we were doing. Of course. Now, this person says that the worst part was the manufactured competition management forced upon the sales team. In order to keep your sales job, you had to meet certain quotas or deals signed by your fifth month. If you failed this quota 
you'd be fired. Hey, I get it. The people working at this company, they got a paycheck coming in. It's self-preservation. They're just trying to close as many deals as they can. At some point, I don't know how many months it takes between just telling people this bullshit and getting them to sign and then just waking up one morning and going, this isn't right. Yeah. And and honestly, these poor salespeople, it's not, it's not them. I mean, they don't have any background in this kind of stuff. They're just trying to get a job. They're brought into this room. They're told all this great stuff. And here's what, how great our company is. And here's all these awards we've won. And here's how we save, you know, little aunt June. And we, we, we save people from the big bad banks and they're, they're pumped full of all this stuff. So most of these salespeople feel like they're legitimately offering a great service and they're just doing what they're told. Right. And then eventually they start to see the, the problem with what they're doing. Right. Like this person is like eventually the doubts start to set in. It's like, well, you know, this doesn't quite make sense. Why am I telling people this when it's actually this? And eventually they've been there long enough to really start to realize something's rotten in Denmark here. It's not. Why are we doing <laughs> it this way? And unfortunately now and I've been in this position before, so I know it sucks. Now they're they're faced with a major dilemma. Maybe they're making great money. A lot of these sales guys make great yeah. freaking money. The commissions are huge. Why do you think everybody recommends debt settlement on their freaking blogs? The payouts right, are huge. Paid. Why does yeah. nobody recommend looking at bankruptcy on their freaking blogs? Because yeah, they don't get not paid. Making any money. Don't get yeah. paid. So maybe that's the reason why people are told never look at bankruptcy, only look at it as a last resort. Because nobody makes any freaking money telling you maybe you should at least consider bankruptcy, right? doesn't hurt to look at it. But anyway, I'm going back to my point. So now you have this poor salesperson. Maybe they got a family. They're supporting their family. Maybe they're making six figures for the first time in their life. They might be pulling down 10 grand a month. And they're like, oh, man, I'm helping people, getting them out of debt. I'm making all this money. I just bought a freaking new Beamer, whatever, you know. And then all of a sudden they start figuring out that uh, it's easy to kind of dismiss that for a while. Like, yeah, hey, I'm making good money here. But eventually they're going to be put on this point. How do I feel about what I'm doing? And and maybe they've been at it long enough to start to see some of the results, maybe from some of the first clients they enrolled into a program. Maybe they've heard about that client's experience. And now they're like, oh, that didn't sound good. That's not what I actually you know, thought would happen. And that guy ended up filing bankruptcy and I made a $10,000 commission or whatever. So now they have this very tough choice. Do I quit and, and do something that makes, that fulfills me and makes me feel good about what I'm doing? Or do I keep making this really good money? That may be the best money I've ever made in my life. Even the salespeople end up getting screwed over because as the insider says, if you failed the quota, you'd be fired. That's it. In my time there, I shook the hands of more than a few red-eyed salespeople on their way out in their fourth or fifth month. When asked, one of our trainers told us in the first two weeks, this company had a churn rate of about 40%. So that means 40% of the employees are just leaving all the time. Later yeah. on, I suspected this fifth-month rule was because at six months, one could apply for unemployment benefits a snag this company wanted to avoid. And by that point, whatever deals the failed salesperson had already made was already yielding straight profit. No need to keep paying the sales guy if they couldn't keep up and best to keep the understanding of outsiders to a minimum. Absolutely. Uh, th this is probably the best two sentences. The scheme is simple once you understand it. It's just taking money from those who already owe too much and are desperate to reduce their burden by any means.
Yeah, which is why they pitch that we're going to lower your payment. They ride that all the way, you know, home to commissions, right? We're going to lower your payment. You're overstretched. You're paying a thousand dollars a month. You do what I say, and you only have to pay seven hundred. Doesn't that sound awesome? Absolutely. Oh, well, here's, here's the good part, uh, Damon. Um, that's I can't afford seven hundred, so I can't do the program. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me check here. I I you know I like you a lot. You're 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 a, oh, you're a great person. You. I've known you for three thank minutes, you. but I can already tell <laughs> I really like you. Hold on, hold on. You know, yeah, I just talked to my my boss, and I, I think we can pull some strings, move some things around, and we we could get you down to six twenty nine. How does that sound? Oh, if you can do that, I can sign up right now. Let's get going. All right, somebody is knocking at your door. <laughs> <laughs> they better be bringing me a pie. That's all I got. Hurry, this guy's gonna change his mind. I got a hot one. I got a hot one. Ding ding ding! Bring in the closer. Called Greed Hub. Yeah, you ever you ever see that that you've seen that movie? Boy, was it Boiler Room? Right, uh, Boiler or, Room. That that movie. My favorite is Glengarry Glenn Ross. Oh, you're, you're older than me. Yeah, always be close. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, I do like Boiler Room. Yeah, no, that that's it's a lot like that. I mean, you know, that's that's what it is. But I mean, it just it just it really sucks for both the salespeople. And the consumers, I keep going back to that. No, neither one of them win in this scenario. The people that win are the owners of these companies that make millions of dollars. And then when the, you know, when you feel the heat coming around the corner, (laughs) they just close it down and set up a new company and they keep going. Yeah. And the salespeople get the shaft. I mean, we've been kind of hard on the salespeople throughout this whole podcast, but when you get fired, you don't meet your quota and you're shown the door. Whatever commissions you earned and were owed, go to the company. They don't go to you anymore. I've talked to salespeople that have told me that there were cots in the office and cup noodles in the kitchen so that they could stay there as long as possible and continue to make calls. Well, and imagine this. Imagine an environment. You're a consumer. You're calling me for help, right? Just like I'm a sales guy in one of these things. And I've got a family at home and I'm not going to make rent next week. I got to make this commission. I'm about to get fired. You know, I haven't made enough sales and I have to make the sale. How in the hell am I going to even, even if I did have any knowledge whatsoever, which most of these guys don't, even if I wanted to do the right thing, even if I'm looking at your situation and going, ah, this, this guy is not a good fit for our program. I mean, he, he can file bankruptcy and, you know, save $50,000 and rebuild his credit starting next year and be out from under this. How can I possibly do that in that kind of environment where I'm worried about making rent? I know I'm about to get fired if I don't make the sale. I mean, that's, that's the person that when you call these numbers on these flyers and stuff like that, it's typically somebody in that scenario that you're saying, you know, hey, I, I, I got this flyer. Tell me how you can help me. They are in 100% sales closing mode. They're not there. And imagine this. So let's say I was a good guy, right? And I'm in this scenario mm-hmm. and, I, and I have some knowledge and I'm like, oh, wow, this guy, oh, you're on social security. Yeah. You know, have you, hey, ma'am, have you, have you thought about just considering bankruptcy? And I could talk to you about what it would mean for your situation and things like that. Maybe look at that first. Now, if you find something that you don't like, definitely call me back and we could talk about our program. But my program is going to be a lot more expensive for you than if you just file bankruptcy. And given your situation, this might make uh, bankruptcy might make more sense. I would get fired if I said that working for a company like that. I wouldn't be allowed, even if I thought about it or knew about it. 
they are going to get fired. They're not allowed. How long can you stay at a place like that if you're constantly telling somebody, yeah, this is not the right thing for you. You should hire somebody else. They're not, they don't have the freedom to do that. You know, you work in sales, your sales calls are being monitored and you say something like that. I can, I can just picture the steely eyed person huffing across the office, walking towards your workstation. <laughs> Trying to get you off the phone as fast as possible. No, Don't tell them the truth. Yeah, yeah. No, it would be the pale bearded plaid wearing <laughs> affecting a couldn't hurt a fly nice guy routine. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. So it's just you got as a consumer, you just have to be smart. I mean, we've whipped a dead horse for, for years. But dude, if you if you get an unsolicited offer, just assume it's bullshit. It's just so much easier that way. See it for what it is. This is a marketing piece. It's an advertisement to try to get you to call. This is not good financial planning or anything else. This is trying to get you on the phone and pitch something to you. The other thing that leads consumers to be disadvantaged in these situations, and it makes it seem so miraculous, is because oftentimes when people are in debt or they're feeling financial stress, they're lost, alone, afraid, confused, they don't know who to ask. They're very embarrassed and ashamed about their situation. And in their mailbox on Tuesday comes this offer that looks like, da-da, it's going to solve all your problems. And that's what causes you to pick up the phone. I would say I am biased for good advice. And I always think that Damon Day at DamonDay.com uh, gives people great, good advice honest advice. You can talk to him on the phone. You can visit me at getoutofdebt.org and you can send me a question through my website. I'll answer it on the website. I'll give you good, honest advice too, but just don't fall for this bullshit. Yeah. And some, and some parting wisdom, what I would say, if, if, if you're in a lot of debt and you're going to get these flyers all over the place. So here's what I would do before you start calling around, just go to, you know, creditkarma.com. It's free. You can go and they can do soft pulls. Like if you're, if you're really wanting to get a consolidation loan, just go to creditkarma.com. See if you can even qualify for any of those offers. Don't, you know, make sure they're not doing any hard pulls, but you can get several potential offers that are soft pulls that won't ding your credit, like a lending club or a, a SoFi Prosper or, or Prosper. Yeah. yeah. Like any one of those, like, uh, uh, you know, upgrade or any one of those that, you know, are kind of partnered with. Um, and not all of them that are partnered with Credit Karma are awesome. I'm not endorsing them. But what my point is, you can have them do a soft poll and they will give you an idea, right, of what you could probably qualify for. Now, it's not guaranteed, but if all those potential offers from, you know, SoFi and Upgrade and, and Lending yeah. Club are all coming back and they're saying, congratulations, we'll give you 2000 you have 50 grand in debt. Congratulations, we'll give you $2,000 at 32% interest or something like that. Right. That at least gives you an idea of legitimately where you're at. So if you get an offer in the mail, that's like, oh, we got you three and a half percent unsecured, <laughs> just freaking bullshit there. You're not, you don't even need to call. You can use credit karma and get there, you know, use that to go out there and you can get an idea of where you're going to be at for a legitimate consolidation yeah. loan. If you qualify at all, sometimes you come back and like, Bro, seriously? No. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, you know, what the response is, but it sounds like that. Swing and a miss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but, but it would, if, if you're, you know, at that credit level where they're offering you loans at 20%, 25%, 30%, 
no legitimate lender is going to come in at three and a half to 5% when everybody else is like, yeah, we might consider you at 30%. We're a buyer, you know, uh, -uh, it's not going to happen. Don't even bother calling. You're not going to get a three and a half percent consolidation loan. Final word. Is that your final word, Damon? I think it should be because it was, it was pretty good. It was very good. I, I really like the intonation there at the end. Yeah, I, I, that's, I'm here for the relief. Hey, another episode, Debt-Free Dudes. Hope it wasn't too serious for you. We're trying to talk some honest stuff to you and make sure you don't get scammed. Thank you very much, Damon. If you want to talk to that that guy, DamonDay.com. If you want to talk to me, uh, just go to Damon. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know stuff. Yeah. All right, Damon, thanks. Peace. Peace.